You are listening to the official Acts 2 podcast. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.acts2orlando.com. There you go, seanfoy.com. Events, watch it, guys. It's awesome. It was so great. How many here were a part of the send when it was here? Let me see a show of hands. Can we get house lights up here? Let me see. Yep, yep. Okay, good. Um, that was pretty moving. Um, I'm not a big fan of going to events. I don't know why. I think I just don't like being in the middle of crowds. Um, but that was so moving. And then last night, being a part of that, it felt like it was similar, but it was more specific in focus. It was about Orlando, and I could feel the church, the greater church of Orlando, the, the, all those that were there, I could feel it. I kept looking around, I was just turning around and looking, not for anything specifically, but what I was looking for was just, God, this sense of what you're doing in Orlando right now is powerful. This is so good, and I feel like because we are in the middle of so much upheaval, and Sean kept referring to it, and we all know what's happening. You know, you got riots. We're not experiencing them here, but you've got elections going on. You've got riots going on. There's so much division in the world right now. You've got the, the COVID pandemic happening, and there's division around every single thing, if you think about it. I mean, just even going to a grocery store, people can get in an argument because there's so much divisiveness. But being a part of that last night, I felt like, God, you're really doing something here. I want to be not just a part of it. I want my heart to be in the right place for it because I can operate out of performance and do the right thing, the biblical thing, or I can operate out of what you're doing because I'm sensing you moving in my heart. How many would rather do that? That's, that's what I felt like was happening. I was so moved by it. At one point they had testimonies where people were coming up and talking about uh, what had happened, people getting set free from addiction, uh, healing was happening. Um, and my favorite one was... <laughs> This young girl, I don't know how old she was, but she goes up there. She sta- they had a cooler out there because there was no stage. So she stands up on the cooler. They give her the mic and say, testify to what God has done. And she said, the father left the 99 and she came and got me, a pagan prostitute. Now, tell me, tell me we should not be meeting as a church. You don't get that kind of, listen church, you don't get that kind of stuff from a live stream. You don't. You can't get it. I mean, I'm I'm thankful that God moves through it. And we've seen it even the last couple of weeks with our live stream, people getting healed. And it's been wonderful. But there's something deeper that just speaks to the soul. I got to hear the testimony from that woman. It moved me. I started crying when I heard it. I was like, God, you are so good. You are so good. Nobody was preaching a message about prostitution. There was a magnification of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And in that, when we do that, people find out who he is. They see him for who he actually is, not who we make him out to be. And they experience him. And when they experience him, I'm telling you, I know because I experienced him. I knew who he was for 32 years, but then I actually met him. And it changed everything. And I think that moved me so much because it felt like that with her. It felt like she's probably her whole life known who Jesus is, but she finally met him. It became different than the the religious thing that we put out there so much. It became an actual encounter with him. So come on, can we just thank God for that? I, I know I risk it when I do things like this, but... Uh, 
Okay, listen, everybody here, everybody on the live stream, listen to me. And I want you to hear my heart in this, please. I'm going to read this passage to you first. It's from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. It says, this is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together. As some have formed the habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate the day dawning. Okay, that is not my idea. Okay, if you have a problem with that, go talk to God. Why am I saying that? Because listen, what was it? Six months ago, it hit the news like everything shuts down, right? It was March 15th. It was like, I think it was the 15th. We had a Sunday here. I had heard a little bit about it, but nothing. I go home. It was all over the news. And at that point, on a Sunday afternoon, we knew we had to shift. And there was no more meeting in this building. I get it. I understand it. We want to be safe. But let me tell you, church, we know more about this thing called Corona than we did six months ago. It is not the death sentence it was made out to be. The quarter of a million people dying? Nope. It ain't happening. Are you hearing me? Here, the reason why I'm bringing this up, church, and I want everybody to hear me and please understand me in this. I want everybody to operate by their personal convictions that they carry with Holy Spirit, and we will honor that. But I think, if I look back over the last six months, there has been a lot of fear and trepidation that was put out there at the beginning and we're still living under it. And here's the irony in it. We avoid gathering, we avoid everything out of fear just so that we live. But think about it. How many around do we have our heart beating and we're still breathing, but we're not living anymore? I'm, I'm, I'm really, I want to speak. I want everybody to hear this. I want live stream to hear this. I want this to go out because I believe I'm a leader in this city. I have a small portion of it, but I'm a leader in this city. And I'm telling you, if we don't start listening to what Holy Spirit is doing, if we don't start becoming the church that we're supposed to be, we are going to look no different than anything else out there. They close, we close. I don't want to live like that. It's been proven in the last six months. Alcoholism has gone up. Depression has gone up. Child abuse has gone up. Spousal abuse has gone up. Why do you think? It's because we need each other and we need to be around each other. That Hebrews 10 passage is huge. We should not neglect assembling together as some have we shouldn't do that. Now listen, again, I'm not going to stand here as a dictator and tell you what to do. You need to have your own personal convictions. But I'm just saying, as for me, I'm going to live. I am going to live. And I am not going to let the fear of something like that ruin my life. Sean said it last night. I'm going to have to paraphrase him. I don't remember how he said it exactly. But he said, for 2,000 years, the church has been gathering. Now, if you think about this and you look back at the events in history, there have been a lot more things that have threatened the church than COVID-19. And they still gather. Mm -hmm. I hope this is encouraging you guys. I, I really do. I'm, I'm really, I feel like I'm throwing down a gauntlet, putting a line in the sand, so to speak. But I feel like, man, we have got to get over this. 
But if anybody's thinking right now, but Andrew, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so. No, you're not hearing me then. You're not hearing me. I'm asking everybody to get with Holy Spirit and find out if there's any fear that's inside of you that should not be there. Listen, fear masquerades as wisdom all the time. And it's so easy to call something wisdom when it's really fear and you can sit there and pat yourself on the back and embolden yourself in the very thing that is keeping you from finding life. Fear is, man, it's terrible. It's a terrible thing. Here's what I'm discovering with fear. And we talk a lot about it. Even have you noticed how much, even in the last few years, worship songs talk about fear and dealing with fear. So many worship songs are talking about dealing with fear. I think it was like a precursor setting us up for what's happened and we need to just hold on to it. Here's what I've discovered. That fear has a personality. It's not just an emotion. It actually is an entity. And when we live in fear, we position ourselves to find places of fear. What I mean by that is if I'm living in fear, if I'm walking around in any level of fear in my life, the very thing that I fear will come upon me. Doesn't Job say that? The thing that I have feared has come upon me. You know why? Because we make room for it. If you're jealous, jealousy is an entity. If you're jealous about somebody else getting a house, let's just use that for a second. Somebody else getting a house and you've been wanting to get a house and you don't get a house. Every time somebody gets a house, it just reaffirms and reinforces what's going on inside. Until we change our attitude and come around and go, I'm celebrating with that person who just got that house. You hear what I'm saying? It's the same thing with fear. If I hold on to it, then I attract things that are fearful. I attract the very thing that I'm afraid of. If I'm afraid of, I don't want to hear about people getting sick because of COVID. I don't want to get sick. I don't want people to get sick. And that's a fear in your life. You know what you're going to hear about happening all the time? Why? Because you attract it. I'm thinking that the church should start learning how to move in love. I felt it there last night. I felt it. I felt cross-denominational. Actually, it was a... It felt to me like it was every bit of denomination just got pushed to the ground. And we were standing on it. And it was like, man, this is the church. This is the body of Christ. You can't stop this. You can't stop this. In these cities where they've been going, where the church is like, we haven't faced it like some people, like in California, where they're like lawsuits going on. And I applaud them. I will stand here and applaud them for defying the government and meeting together. In case you want to know where I stand. (laughs) I applaud them for it. Church, listen, we have no idea what persecution is like. Come on. Come on, let's be real. We have no idea what persecution, persecution is like. But you know what? What is happening right now, even as small as it may be, as little as it may be, as difficult, as irritating, as inconvenient as it may be, we can learn and we can grow. I love Acts chapter 4. I think they referred to it last night. Do you remember when the apostles were told not to preach in the name of Jesus? Acts chapter 2 comes, Holy Spirit, they're preaching like crazy, all right? Acts chapter 3 comes, this is when they're bringing the lame man to the gate, right? And they're sitting there, and he goes by, and, you know, Peter and John, they're like, hey, give me something. He goes, I don't have anything to give you, but what I do have, I will give you that. Stand up and walk. It gets around to the leaders of the city and they say, stop doing that because I guess healing people is bad. I don't know. Stop doing that. And they threatened them, strongly threatened them. So you know what they did? They ran back to their friends 
And it said that they told them what had happened and how they were threatened and they were so thankful. And then they said, God, give us boldness. Give us boldness to preach in your name. The room started like thunder and just moving and all this kind of awesome stuff happening. And they're filled with Holy Spirit again. Why is that important? Because until we have that attitude, we're not going to see any kind of transformation in a city. What kind of attitude are you talking about? I'm talking about this kind of attitude. These guys go out in boldness, preaching the gospel, seeing signs and miracles. They get threatened for it. Then they go back to their friends, tell them about it, and they ask God to give them more of the very thing that got them in trouble in the first place. That's the church. Not praying for protection. Not praying for God, you're my defender. That's wonderful, he is. They said, no, that very thing that got us in trouble, I want more of that. You guys hearing where I'm going this morning, right? I just, I can't take it anymore. The church needs to be the church. And this is nothing compared to what the church has experienced for years, years. The plague, the black plague coming through Europe. Come on, this is nothing. It's nothing compared to that. Now I'm not saying live foolish lives and live, do whatever you want. Walk with Holy Spirit. Walk with Holy Spirit. But you know what I'm telling you to do is no different than what we should be doing anyway. Hello? Come on, is that good? All right, that's message number one. I'm going to try to do this with my phone here because I forgot my computer. I felt like Holy Spirit was just saying yesterday, I want to read two passages of scripture to you and I think we're going to do something. I'm not sure what it is yet. Holy Spirit will show us. Um, we We want to be a true representation of Jesus in the earth, right? Anybody? Good, about half of you. Anybody? You want to be a true representation? Listen, I do too. And what I'm discovering is in every place where I find my own personal life and I look at it and, I, and I'm honest and I find that I'm not being a true representation of Jesus in the earth, I recognize that it's something going on inside of me where it's either some kind of fear, it's some kind of selfishness, it's some kind of apathy. If I'm really honest and look at it, and it really moved me when I heard Holy Spirit talk, say to me, I want you to talk about the condition of the heart. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? That's not necessarily a negative thing. Because if I'm filled with him, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Hello? These two pas- passages came to mind. First one here. Proverbs 4.23. I'm going to read out a Passion Translation. So above all... Guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. For from there springs the, flows the wellspring of life. New King James Version says, guard your heart with diligence. Here it says guard your affections. It's the same thing. Colossians says, set your mind on things above. That, that word can be translated affections as well. Set your affections on things above. And he's saying here, guard your affections. Because your affections come from where? Right here, right? It's the, and what I'm talking about this morning is us taking time to look at it and go, God, I want you, by the power of your spirit, I want you to speak to me and show me what's going on in my ecosystem. 
Because how many of you guys know sometimes it's really hard to know what's going on inside of you because you've lived with it so long and it's become the norm. So you don't even know what's bad or what's, you don't even know anymore. I'm talking about having a, not a morbid introspection, but a Holy Spirit introspection where we look and we're going, I need to guard my heart here. I know for me, part of the way I guard my heart is this. I'll see something on the news. I'll see something on social media that'll really get under my skin. That doesn't happen to you guys though, does it? I love politics. I really do. I love it. And the reason why I love it is because the formation of what we have, as imperfect as it is, and it is imperfect because it's man-made, there is something in it that's a God design, the way it was put together. It's just like, this didn't come from man's mind here. This is amazing. And I hope you guys hear me. I'm not trying to be pro-America. That's not the point. I'm just simply saying, when I look at it, there's something in it that's like, man, there is... What I love about it more than anything is it's the essence of the gospel. Whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And the entire system that's been built is built for us has been on freedom. Hello? The problem is what we have now is people who want freedom with zero responsibility. But in the kingdom, freedom says ultimate responsibility. We want our stuff, but we don't want to do anything about it. We want somebody else to take care of us. It's true. So what I'm saying is when I look at these things and I see all this craziness that's happening all around us, I look at it and I get upset on the inside because I'm going, no, no, you know, for whatever, this is my own personal belief here. I'm not trying to push anything on anybody. I'm just saying my own personal belief. And I look at it and I find myself almost like my insides get turned upside down. And now my mind is fixed on things that are not on above. My mind is fixed on all kinds of, oh man, if they would only do just, oh, I want this to happen. And I, you know, it'd be better if this and that, and that, and my mind just, nobody else does this, right? You know, you know what I'm talking about, where your mind is like, you have six sentences going on at the same time. You have a hundred conversations happening in your mind and you're the only one there. All these things. And then what happens is I start to feel it inside. I start to feel this angst going on inside. I feel this anxiousness. And then all of a sudden I don't feel good physically anymore. So what I'm talking about this morning is being able to go back and guard the affections. Pay attention to what's going on on the inside and go, wait a second. I need to keep this in the place where it needs to be kept. I don't think God minds politics at all. But the government rests on his shoulders. Hello? You're going to hear me talk about this more and more. Listen, I believe people should vote. I believe people should be involved. I believe you should know what's going on. But just remember this. We don't elect a savior. We have one. And if you think for one moment that your favorite pick for your vote is going to help save the world, you better check yourself. I'm serious. I've watched believers do this. I've watched believers think that somehow in an election, they're electing a savior that's going to make everything wonderful. And I'm like, we have one. We have one. What are we talking about here? Oh, it's going to go bad if this happens. It's going to go bad if this happens. Last I checked, the mandate for us didn't change. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, make disciples. The mandate never changed. 
And here's the truth. If you really look back historically, when the church fell into persecution, it grew more and more. So what are we afraid of? Seriously, I hear so many people now. I, I have things sent to me all the time. I'm having things sent to me about end times and Revelation says this and look what's happening in the world. I think it's good to watch that stuff, but I think we need to be careful with that stuff too. Because God is right. <laughs> My interpretation of it, maybe not. <laughs> you know what would really help us? How many in here pray in, pray in the spirit, pray in tongues? Let me see your hands. If you don't, we can pray for you and you want to. Afterwards, we can do that and you'll get whacked and it'll be awesome. The reason why we should pray in the spirit is because he's right. So when we're praying in the spirit, he's actually praying through us. And those things that we don't know how to pray, we end up praying right. So if you're, if you're getting upset on the inside and you don't know how to shift and start guarding the heart, just start praying in the spirit. Holy Spirit starts speaking to you. You're starting to mouth it. It's coming out of your mouth into your ears. You may not understand what's happening, but it says, the word says, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. 1 Corinthians 14, he who speaks in tongues, he edifies himself. How many in here want to be edified? Built up. Okay. All right. Is this helping this morning? I'm giving you some practicals right here. Because as we face what we're facing right now, what we're going into, this is, it's unprecedented. And I don't want to be the kind of person that's looking for a way just to navigate through it. I want to arrest it. I want to arrest what's happening right now and capitalize on the fact that the world is longing. The world is longing for something that just surpasses what we've got here. They're looking for something transcendent. Something that goes beyond just what's happening right here. Looking for meaning, purpose. The heart cries out for it. The psalmist says that Jesus, he is the desire of all nations. They don't even know they want him, but they want him. It's up to us to be able to introduce them to who he is. Let's go to the next passage here. In John chapter 7. These are connected here because it says, guard your heart. John chapter 7 says this. This is Jesus' Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, last day of the feast, it's a wonderful thing. Just for context here, the priest would take jars of water up on top of the temple steps and they would pour them down and the water would flood down the steps. I don't know if you guys knew this or not. This is the context of what's happening here. And on this day when it happens, if you can just imagine this, water's coming down the steps, it's pouring down, this big celebration they're happening, all of these rituals, these feasts speak to a person, they speak to the person of Jesus, and he's fulfilling them all. He walks up the steps like boss and stands up there and says this, on the most important day of the feast, the last day, all this is happening, Jesus stood and shouted out to the crowds, all you thirsty ones, come to me, come to me and drink. Believe in me so that rivers of living water will burst out from within you. Flowing from your where? Innermost being. Didn't we just read this about Proverbs? For out of your innermost being will flow the issues, the wellspring of life. Out of your innermost being will flow the wellspring of life. And here's Jesus talking about it right here. So, Proverbs is saying, guard your heart, for from it springs or flows the issues of life. But it doesn't tell you how to guard it. Then we get to John, and it tells you how to guard it. Keep going here. 
Jesus was prophesying about the Holy Spirit that believers were being prepared to receive, but the Holy Spirit had not yet been poured out upon them because Jesus had not yet been unveiled in his full splendor. There's a whole other story on that. There's a reason why Holy Spirit came when he came. It's all about the feast. All of them get fulfilled in the person of Jesus. Every time you see a feast in the old covenant, it's all pointing to the person of Jesus. Every single one of them. Passover lamb, crucifixion, right? Feast of first fruits, resurrection. Feast of tabernacles, coming of Holy Spirit. All of it speaks to him. And it says, Holy Spirit had not yet been given, but here we have the answer. How do you guard your innermost being? Be filled with the Spirit. Is this helping? You be filled, be filled with the Spirit. That's how you guard your heart, guard your affections. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. I know for me, for whatever it's worth, I ain't perfect at this, guys. I'm not standing up here preaching something like I got a hold of this. But I do know this, that every time I do that, every single time without exception, if I'm in the middle of a place of anxiety, fear, anger, if I choose, I can go back and say, Lord, just fill me. Holy Spirit, fill me. And then all of a sudden, everything around me begins to shift. Now I've got his perspective. What am I doing when I'm doing that? I'm guarding my heart. Because there are certain things, I like to look at it like this, guarding your heart. It's like Holy Spirit standing as a century right next to your heart. And when we listen to him, he can say, let that in. Or he can say, don't let that in. Because he's standing there. It's like he's helping us. Oh, that's interesting. They called him the helper. And all we have to do is turn our attention to it just for a moment and say, I need you to help me with this. What part of this needs to come in and what part of it doesn't need to come in? What part of what inside of me needs to come out? And what part inside of me doesn't need to come out? Hello? Guard your heart for from it spring the issues of life. Listen, if I believe the word of God, then I have to look at this and go, every challenge that I'm facing in life doesn't necessarily mean that I made it happen. It may have come towards me, but it will only remain a terrible, bad issue if I let it. Hello? Because out of my innermost being spring the issues of life. The issues of life don't come at me. Hello? You can create the world you live in. You can create the world you live in. If you look back at early church fathers, if you look at, back at the apostles, even up to, if you read, even up to about 300 AD, so many martyrs. And they weren't scared. Do you know why I think they weren't scared? Because they learned how to guard their heart. They learned how to recognize what's important and what's not important. Some of them gladly burned at the stake, boiled in oil. Come on, we haven't even come close to persecution. But all of them, they face it with this like, all good. Peter gets crucified, but he says, I'm not even worthy to be crucified like Jesus. Do it upside down. How does somebody do that? How does somebody do that instead of running for their life? I believe it has to do with this right here. Out of their innermost being was flowing rivers of living water. That's what they tapped into. And they recognized, even though the body dies, I live. 
Even though the body dies, I don't die. And they looked at it as a glorious thing, a wonderful thing. Guys, I'm not telling us to go look for this stuff. You guys hear what I'm saying. I'm just simply saying, in this season that we're in, it feels so unprecedented, but at the same time, what I heard last night was the harvest. Right? What have we been speaking here for so long? The world is ripe, it's ready. I like what he said last night, and it's true. He says, you don't harvest after the harvest is ready because you ruin it. And you don't harvest it before it's ready. You harvest at harvest time. Some passages of scripture, when Jesus is talking about it, says the fields are white unto harvest. With wheat, I discovered something about it. That it grows and it matures. And when it gets to its mature point, the head of wheat actually bends over. And that's when they know it's ready. You remember the story when Jesus said, there's tares in the wheat and the tares in the wheat, they look alike. And he said, don't worry about them, let them grow. Why? Because at the end, he'll know who the wheat is because they battle. And the rest stand proud. And the wheat, when it bows like that, if you don't harvest it at that time, they, they say, if you leave it, you're going to get what's called a shattered crop where it begins to bust open. And they call it white when it busts open. So when he says that they are white unto harvest, they're ready right now. Go get them. Go get them. Guys, are you feeling this? I feel this this morning. I feel like this just whole like anointing thing right now. Guys, we have in front of us a chance to see a city changed. And it's so easy to think, oh, well, the big church is going to do it. I don't know. Jocelyn told you about those two girls we ran into last night. They said, you're small, but you're mighty. They said, I actually, she said, I was praying for you and I saw fireworks coming out of your building. I'll take that. (laughs) Movements aren't started by groups. They're started by individuals. It's true. We think it's a really good thing when, when a group starts to get bigger and bigger and bigger, but it doesn't mean anything. It actually, I believe in some ways, it hurts when it comes to the kingdom. Because it's really easy to be in a very large group, look at myself as insignificant, and go, somebody else is going to do it. But when you're in a smaller group, odds are it might be you. And when you think about it and you're by yourself, it is you. It's just a matter of us getting out beyond our six square feet. The Kingdom Culture Weekend that we did a few weeks ago, you guys experienced some pretty amazing stuff, didn't you? This is normal Christianity. Normal Christianity. You want to hear a testimony? Come on up, Andrew. Hi. So uh, we were at the thing last night, worshiping Jesus, and there was this big old tree just, I don't even know how old it was. We were just sitting there, then instantly the Holy Spirit brought back to me. Romans chapter 8, it says that all of creation longs for its sons and daughters to be glorified. And what that means is all of creation, like when you walk by trees, you walk by grass, flowers, it's literally waiting for its sons and daughters to look like Jesus. And once you say yes to Jesus, instantly you look like Jesus. You think like Jesus, you talk like Jesus, and you hear like Jesus. And 
And so I'm, I'm just sitting there like blown away by like this tree, its whole entire life has been waiting for me to be there, has been waiting for Andrew to be there, has been waiting for all the people that were singing to be there. And it, I literally, the Holy Spirit showed me how the tree was literally just like weeping for joy. And then I open my eyes and I see this kid in front of me worshiping and he has like this hearing aid on. And I was like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't want to cause an issue. And, but then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit's like, listen, this tree has been waiting for you to be glorified. Like, like go for it. So anyways, long story short, I see this kid go up to him and he has a hearing aid on and find out it's both ears. You can't even really hear out of both ears. And I'm like, okay, well, Jesus sent me up here and he wants to heal your ears. Is that cool? Can I pray for you? He's like, yeah, sure. So I declare healing into him. And I was like, Hey bud, I'm like, I want you to do something really brave right now. Can you take your hearing aid out? You can hear now. So he takes it out and he's like, well, it's, it's my other ear too. I'm like, okay, well let's declare healing again, declared healing. And he took his hearing aid out and I'm like, yeah. Huh? Huh? And he was like, yeah, I can hear so Jesus healed his ear right on the spot. Like, like both. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was it was both ears and they were both open like that. And and then I was super excited because I felt something I could I could just feel something was like bursting, like something was ready to burst. And that tree that was there was like waiting, waiting for the mag like the demonstration of the power of the gospel. And, and then, then I go back and I'm like, wow, I'm like, this is so cool. And, and it played into the earlier in the week, early in the week. Um, so I'm going to release healing, but early in the week, I was reading in Colossians chapter two, it talks about how the Godhead is in Jesus in in Christ, Jesus Christ. So the father, son, and the Holy spirit, all the power is in Jesus. And when we come into Jesus, we have the father, son, and the Holy spirit all inside of us. So we are overflowing with everything. And then it says, we have been circumcised, not with human hands, but with Jesus himself. And Andrew touched on it this morning, but it's, it's emotional healing. It's physical and emotional healing. So as soon as we say yes to Jesus, Jesus himself comes and circumcises areas of your heart for emotional healing and physical healing. So what I'm going to do right now, I don't know if you have pain in your body. Um, so if you have pain in your body, um, I don't know, you want to raise your hand? If not, it's all good. Pain in your body? Okay, so tell the Holy Spirit where your pain level's at. Scale one to 10. Okay, another group of people, if you have issues and um, it's, Whenever you're saved, it's called sozo healing, which is healing of the body and the soul, the spirit, everything. So if you have some traumatic events that have happened to you, whether um, one of them is fatherlessness and PTSD, just to get started with, um, if you have some stuff going on with that, um, I want you to tell Holy Spirit, do a self-inspection right now. What is that? What is that? Seriously, right now, um, just close your eyes and Ask the Holy Spirit, what is that? And I want you to think about it. And you have to give the Holy Spirit permission. Be like, Holy Spirit, I'll give you permission right now. Okay. So think of what that is. And I'm just super easy. I'm going to declare healing. I'm going to declare the word. Just like how the rain falls and the grass grows green. Just like the word, when it goes out, it never returns void. So right now, and people watching, if, if there's 
if you need pain relief or if you're sick, just put your hand on whatever it is or if it's your heart, put it on your heart. So right now in Jesus' name, I declare healing from the top of your head to the bottom of your toes right now in Jesus' name. And I declare your word that by your stripes, you are healed in Jesus' name. Healing in Jesus' name. Okay, now if it's physical, test it out. If it's, if it's emotional, just surrender to Jesus. Just be like, Jesus, it's yours. And ask him, what are you going to give me in return? Yeah. What are you going to give me in return? Because this is a gospel. It's super simple. You say yes to Jesus, all the garbage comes out, Jesus comes in. That's how it works. We try to create practical stuff, and I love practical stuff, but... With the gospel, it's super simple. Jesus comes in, garbage goes out, so you can look like Jesus and make that tree weep. Come on, man, that's so good. Come on, somebody couldn't hear and now they hear. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. You know, just hearing you say, you know, you saw that, the hearing aids, and you're like, I know. Don't want to, you know, make an issue out of it or whatever. That moment, guys, right there, that moment that every one of us face, in that instant right there, there's where the guard your heart works. Because a lot of times we can justify not doing something out of rational whatever. I'm just telling you, things in the kingdom are completely upside down from things in this world. Completely upside down. That's a good word, man. I, I appreciate you doing that. That's so good right there. And, I, and a few weeks ago, I heard the Holy Spirit saying this to me as well, that those who are needing emotional healing on the inside, do what you need to do. If you need a counselor, see a counselor. Do what you need to do. I'm not saying don't do that, but I'm telling you, you will never reach full healing, emotional healing, until you, until you start doing what Jesus said to do. I know this for me. Every time I do something and I'm obedient to what God says, even if it's a little bit of a risk, I feel amazing. Not just emotionally. My body feels good. Everything is just like wonderful. You'll get full healing when you start doing what Jesus says to do. Because nothing about the gospel, nothing about what Jesus did with his disciples was sit here and don't do anything until you know everything. He asked him to do it with him. So, is this helpful this morning? Yeah, I feel like I'm always careful with what I'm doing because I don't ever want to take away from the finished work of the cross. I don't ever want to do that. Like, I thought about doing a commissioning this morning. But what, what, why am I doing that? Jesus already did it. You hear what I'm saying? But there's still something about people saying yes. There's still something about shifting our mindset, repenting from thinking that I'm not the one, somebody else is going to do it. Where it comes back to me and it says, you know, as much as it depends on me, I'll, I'll do it, God, whatever, whatever you say to do. And trust me, you don't have to know very much at all. How many in here have an experience with Jesus? Let me see your hand, for reals. Okay, you are absolutely qualified. All you have to do is talk about your, your encounter with Jesus. Start with that. Seriously. 
Start with that. There's power in it. You got something? Yeah, come on. I love this. Thanks for just letting me come up without knowing why. (laughs) So as he was sharing all he was sharing about saying yes to Jesus, and even what I shared this morning when I was trying to rev us all up, um, yesterday at, what is this thing called? Let us worship. Um, One of the speakers shared that there's going to be musicianaries rising up. So people who are good with music, you're not just a musician, you have a mission with it. And the other thing I was talking to Andrew when we were standing out there, I was like, man, Sean Foyt, I can't say his name, sometimes I say fetch, sometimes I say other things. Sean had said, um, he didn't say, I was just watching him, I'm like, wow, what's he like, 38, 42? And we're all gathered around because he decided that he should get a couple people together to go sing worship around America. And there's thousands of us here because he decided, I'm gonna, what would happen if you said yes to the one thing whatever it is, to what God's saying to you. It's not that we all need to be him, but what do you need to be? What's your influence? Who's your circle? Who's your sphere? Like, what would happen if you just were fully bold to be fully, like, Jesus-led in whatever you're supposed to do in this world? Like, he's one guy changing America. What could you do? Who could you change? Who could you harvest right now? So that's what I just wanted to add. Just, like, he's going to commission us, but, like, yeah, take a little self-check, like, God, like, What's the thing? And I think you've all been prompted, like, I need to be a little bit more bolder here. I need to be a bit more bolder with that friend, that family member. It's your harvest. It doesn't just happen because one person does it all. We all are called. We all are anointed. We are all gifted to preach the gospel with signs and wonders. So be encouraged. Like, it's not him. It's not us. It's all of us together individually. And we can make the hugest impact called clean up the rest of the world and let's get on with Jesus. Yeah? So good. I can't tell you guys enough, and I mean this. I really do mean this. I don't know that I've ever been a part of a church that has been this activated, where I've been a part of it. I don't know. There's, this church is so incredibly activated. It's wonderful. It thrills my heart hearing testimonies like this. This is, this is the norm. <sighs> Consider this. You don't have to muster up boldness. Because if you have to tell yourself to muster up boldness in order to preach the gospel, you're not preaching it from the right place. Even the disciples said, just fill us with boldness. (laughs) In other words, even the boldness comes from him. Hello? Even the boldness comes from him. I love that. Takes takes me out of the, the striving seat. Lord, just fill me. Fill me. So I felt like doing that this morning. I felt like doing a commissioning. I'm going to use the word. But I really feel like it's more of recognizing, hey, there's things here I'm not, I'm not living because of whatever. I want to live in it. I want to live in it. And I want to live in its fullness. So I want to do that this morning. And let me encourage you with this. My friend Eric Gilmore told me years ago, he said, the gospel is not about a change of life. And I was like, What? He goes, the gospel is not about a change of life. It's about an exchange of life. In other words, I don't need to focus on doing things myself. I need to accept what he's doing and exchange mine for his. That makes it a lot easier, doesn't it? In other words, something already exists that's tangible. 
palpable. You can touch it. It's, it's him. And he says, just take this and just give me whatever you got. It's an exchange of life. It's not a change of life. So I, I say that this morning because I, I want to do a commission here, but I want us to just keep that in mind as we're doing this. If you could look at it like that, Lord, I'm just going to exchange and I'm going to take what you've got. Can we do that? All right. Why don't we have everybody just stand up here and just assume the position. <laughs> you know how to do it. Hold your hands out here. Yes, God. Yes, God. Lord, I thank you for the testimony. Lord God, somebody healed from deafness. My God, that's amazing. That's amazing. But it's what you do. And it's normal for you. God, thank you for that. Lord, we choose to hold on to that. We choose to hold on to the testimony. The testimony that says, do it again. I've said this before, church, it's important. Whenever you hear a testimony, it's important to recognize it doesn't show you a process, it shows you an outcome. Somebody said yes to what Holy Spirit was saying and that was the outcome. It's not telling you how to do it. It's encouraging your soul with an outcome. So Father, right now, I'm just praying over everybody in this room that will come into agreement with you. That they will say, I want to be commissioned, Lord God. As a matter of fact, put your hand on your head. Lord God, you've anointed me. You have equipped me. You have prepared me. You have given me everything I need to preach the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, and make disciples. You've given everything. Lord, I'm just saying right now, everything that has been warring against it, I give to you. And exchange it for what you're giving to me. Lord, I'm praying for boldness to fall on every individual in this room right now. Power of the Holy Spirit just drop on you right now. I'm seeing it just begin to boil on the inside of some of you. It's like your, your, your inside, your stomach's getting hot. Yes, God, do it. Do it. Let the boiling overcome. Let the release of the gospel happen everywhere we go. Everywhere we go. Lord, I'm praying for us just as a body here, the Acts 2 church family. Lord, I'm praying for us as a body. That this commissioning, even those who are watching online right now, you just do it with me. Put your hand on your head. Agree with us in this. That the commissioning starts now. We can't wait. We can't wait. The harvest, it's right now. It is right now. And Lord, every place where our minds wander away from it, even into the things that aren't sin, but they're just benign and don't mean anything, Lord, I'm praying you'd wake us up. Wake us up everywhere we go. Now put your hand on your heart. Just say, God, I believe you. I believe you. Put your hand on your heart and say, I believe you. Why? Because you believe in the heart, not in the head. I believe you. I believe you. I believe you. Some of you need to just repeat that over and over again. Lord, I believe you. You've given me everything I need. You live inside of me. I exchange my old thought patterns for yours. 
I exchange thoughts of I'm not worthy to I'm worthy because that's what you give. I exchange thoughts of I'm not ready because you already said we're ready. The equipping is in the commissioning. So we believe it, we receive it in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen to that. How about saying another amen really strong? Yeah. Amen. That's so good. That's so good. Guys, we are, we are designed for this. We're going to be testimony after testimony after testimony. I told you on the Kingdom Culture Weekend, my idea of church is not what we normally see. It's worship because that is always going to be what we do is worship. And the vision I have in my head is people coming in here and it's just a constant testimony about what's going on. We've been educated beyond our obedience. We don't need more talking. We need more testifying. Amen? All right, well, the Lord bless you all. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Acts 2 podcast. Love God, love people, and live life.